Welcome to Hearts and Minds, this is Maura Cassidy. If you've been lucky enough to be at a wedding recently, you often hear the St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians read. Love is kind, love is patient, and it's very inspiring, of course. Yet in our conversations about marriage, it often focuses mainly on the more practical side of things. Mortgage, house, rent, date, hotel bookings... But what about the core or the marriage itself? What about the relationship? Well, Maria Kilcommons is joining us today on our guest podcast to talk to us precisely about that. How to best prepare for marriage or remain happily married. So it's a big topic. Um, Maria has spoken on this topic at a recent retreat, I believe, for women in Les Mullen Conference Centre. Maria is a mum of four, married to Shane, living in Charleville, County Cork. Maria, you're very welcome. Thank you for joining us on our Hearts and Minds guest series podcast. Thank you, Maura, and uh, thank you for inviting me. Not at all. Always a pleasure. So, Maria, in that, is that, would you say that brief introduction um, is an accurate description of our approach to marriage? Is that how you, how you would see it? I think it is. Um, I, I know from weddings I've been at, or even at my sister's wedding, when I actually read that St. Paul's um, letter to the Corinthians, and it, it sounds so lovely and sweet. And it wasn't until recently, when I was preparing the talk for the retreat, that I realised that that actual letter from St. Paul is actually very onerous and it puts a huge um, responsibility on any couple um, embarking on marriage or in any on any friendship um, because it, it equally applies to both. Um, we prepare for marriage and for friendship from birth. Um, I recently read and I kind of thought about that and I thought that's actually very accurate because it's in our families and in our friendships that we learn about ourselves and what it is to love and to be loved um, first. And when we learn that well, it's only then I think that we can embark fully consciously on um, on a, a, a huge commitment journey like marriage and mm-hmm. do that well. Mm-hmm. So in a, se- in a sense, marriage is a, is a relationship among other relationships. Obviously, it's unique, um, but all of our other relationships are preparing us for marriage. It's not a kind of a, all of a sudden you have to act or be different. You, you actually bring all the, the virtues or the skills or the learning of your life to marriage. Well, I, I think what St. Paul had in mind was, you know, not the, the fluffy Facebook idea of, of marriage. Mm. And all of that is lovely too, um, but it, it's an accessory. Um, and he didn't have the idea of utility or, you know, a practicality that often we can think, oh, you know, I want to have children, you want to have children, let's get married. That's not the love that St. Paul uh, depicted. And that's not the love that I think we aspire to or want when we think about marriage. The love that we actually want is true love or virtuous love. And that's actually born of virtues, um, human virtues. And they don't come automatically. Um, they are acquired. And that um, acquisition of virtue requires effort. Um, and it, it's born over time and uh, born consciously, um, sometimes born unconsciously through hardship or through trials or through relationships. And I think that's what what we are, you know, aspiring mm-hmm, to. Mm-hmm. And can you can you give me an example of that sort of virtue journey in a marriage? Um, I'll take a very simple example. Um, and it's if we look at St. Paul's passage, it's it's love is patient. And um, the example I'll use is, is my, that of my parents because they were married for fifty years, and it was a really beautiful that's marriage. Mm. Um, and every year for that fifty years, my mother 
brought huge numbers of suitcases on holidays, um, which was not uh, something my father enjoyed. In fact, he found it very difficult. So, but he learned to uh, accept that. Um, so, you know, in the the last number of years, you know, it was just a knowing smile that he knew that this was how she was packing. There was a joke, um, you know, and the love is kind bit, I suppose, is not just being kind, it's being of service. So not only did he tolerate the suitcases, but he actually put them into the uh, car, made extra time so that he could, lugged them through the airports, brought them to the other side. Um, and, you know, that kind of patience and that kindness is born out of not acting on impulse. It's born out of believing that the other person's um, desires are equally important um, to yours. And it, it's, it's sometimes just accepting that, accepting the person as they are and uh, being able to put your desires uh, on hold. Um, and when you do that enough times, you actually, you grow in patience and you you grow in kindness. Mm. Um, and th- these take root when we give generously of ourselves over mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And Maria, can I ask, I suppose you talked there about effort and because sometimes we think if we have to make an effort with something, it's wrong. You know, I shouldn't be doing this. It should be easier than this. And that's a lot maybe, you know, what our culture tells us about love is that love should be something that's co-natural. Whereas what you're suggesting there is 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 the opposite in a sense, that it's, if it's worth doing, it's worth the effort. Um, and that's it's always going to be there. There's always going to be the effort there in, in, a, in a marriage. I, I, I think absolutely there's always going to be an effort there in every relationship we have. And if you take mm. the example of children, um, you know, that seems like a very automatic love and that it's just there. But if you, if you look at your own parents or if you look at, you know, if parents themselves look at them, uh, at, at their kids, you'll see that that's actually born of effort too. It's in all the, the little things, you know, getting up in the middle of the night when you don't want to. And marriage isn't any different, um, to that. And so, I mean, you could look at even just cheerfulness, you know, you could say, oh, you know, that's easy, but it's not. If you if you drill it down, being cheerful is actually can be really really hard. Um, and you know, with people we love, we should try and bring that effort to the relationship so that they feel that we love them in how we greet them, in our conversation, in how we um, make an effort with our appearance, in how we make time to listen to them. It may not always be easy. We may find it at times really difficult, but nonetheless, that effort will. Um, reap rewards in a relationship and it will show the other person that you love them and it actually can grow love um, as well. So mm-hmm. it, it is really worth the effort and it, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because, you know, making the effort makes love grow, which is what you're trying to do in the first place. And it also makes you a better person mm-hmm. um, in the process too. Mm-hmm. And it's probably a feel-good factor in, in the process because you realize you're, as you say, you're becoming a better person. And would you say it's kind of like instead of a vicious circle, it's like almost like a virtuous circle. That if one it, one the one partner is you know the spouse is is making the effort, then the other does, and one inspires the other. I think absolutely because. Um, you know, if if somebody's used to coming in in the evenings and they're tired or, or they're grumpy and they're greeted with somebody who's very cheerful and, you know, ready to kind of talk to them and listen to them and, you know, they get the chance to offload, which in, in turn helps them to be a little bit more cheerful. And, you know, uh, then if the other person comes in grumpy or tired, you know, they have learned that behaviour from living with it as well, that, okay, I need to listen here. I need to, you know, be the cheerful one this evening. So I, I think as a couple, you can really 
grow beautifully together, which not only helps the couple, but will help their kids, it'll help their friends. Um, so I absolutely agree, it's a virtuous circle. Mm-hmm. And where does um, forgiveness come in all of this? Because um, clearly there are moments when we're, we're, we're less than our better selves and um, we, don't, we don't do the virtue bit maybe very well. Um, I, I, I gather from what you're saying, Maria, that learning how to say sorry frequently is, is, is part of, part of the, the whole path as well. I know I, I kind of looked at that when um, Pope Francis said it, um, you know, during the year of the family said, you know, say please, thank you and I'm sorry in the family. And I thought, oh my goodness, that's such a simple message. And then if you drill it down again, you realise actually that's really difficult. That's really hard. Um, and saying sorry can be really, really difficult, particularly if you're really hurt or really annoyed. And that does happen in marriage. You know, people get very let down. And, you know, um, forgiving in that situation isn't easy. But I think forgiveness is not a feeling, it's a choice. And I think that's very important to remember because sometimes we feel like, oh, I can't forgive because I don't feel the forgiveness. But it's not a feeling, it's actually a choice that you make to forgive. And you make that choice when you look at the other person's weaknesses and failures and you make a decision to excuse them and mm-hmm. to understand them. Um, and, and, you know, again, that's not easy, but what's the alternative? The alternative is that you allow anger and resentment to filter into the relationship and that creates distance and division. And that's not what either couple want. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, you have to kind of make the hard decisions at times. Um, and, you know, once you've moved on, move on. You know, you don't drag up the same thing, you know, in over a 10-year period, mm-hmm. you know. Um, mm-hmm. So that's... I think where that's at, I think mm-hmm. it's crucial. I think it's really important. And would you say, Maria, in all of this is important, the conversations about, you know, what the, what each one finds more challenging about the other, having it out in the open? So I, I think open communication is vital in every relationship and particularly so in a marriage. Uh, I'm not suggesting that my father, when he, uh, you know, tolerated the suitcases, was, um, you know, a silent party bearing it all, you know, and, uh, you know, internalizing it. <laughs> That's not good. Like it, it does require open communication. It requires, you know, um, also defending your dignity in a marriage is really important so that you don't feel like a doormat and you don't feel, you know, that you feel that you have your voice. Um, I, I think that's that's really important, but it should always be in a respectful way. And I think maybe temperance come in, come in here a little bit because there's always an element of sacrifice in how we communicate. Mm. Um, it's easy to blurt out everything, you know, based on our anger or our frustration. Um, but actually keeping those emotions a little bit um, curbed so that we can communicate well, put our point across well. And that might mean, you know, waiting until I feel a little bit less emotional to say something and, you know, saying it well um, so the other person can actually listen and can understand. Um, and it can also, I, I, I don't know if you've... Um, read this, but Brenny Brown's, um, actually she does a podcast as well on vulnerability. Mm. But, you know, she said that she often uses, you know, the I word, you know, um, I am hurt because rather than the accusatory you, you hurt me, mm. therefore. So that you kind of take a little bit of responsible for, uh, responsibility for how, you know, the I feels rather than how you made me feel. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's, it's just a small thing, but it can actually open a conversation rather than close it. Mm. And I suppose it, it it takes a judgment out of it, doesn't it? Where you're, it does. you know, because I mean, we don't know what people do things all the time, and they're not aware of the impact it has, or they're not intending an impact, a negative impact. Absolutely, mm. you know. So it, it's. I think it's if each person learns 
just to take responsibility for how they're feeling about something. And, uh, you know, that opens, again, communication. And that open communication is really important because there will be arguments, there will be struggles, there will be frustrations. Um, and all of that is normal and natural in any growing and, uh, you know, vibrant relationship. Um, and it's just being able to communicate well is so important in resolving that so that, again, those that anger and that resentment doesn't creep into the relationship and that we're not getting kind of um, snide or small, mm-hmm. uh, that we remain big and magnanimous about the other person. Mm-hmm. I I don't know, um, I've heard somebody say this comment that um, sometimes they, they think that, you know, you're sometimes in it maybe... Uh, say that's a disagreement about something and um, you're sure you're right and the other person's sure they're right too so um, both can't be right Um, somebody wants to saying that they always think well I can always love and um, sometimes love is being able to step back to to go forward somebody has to give in at some stage Um, do you think that you know, we live in a very competitive world and self-advocacy is, is an important element in defending oneself. Do you think that competitiveness has 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 had a big impact on how people, you know, relate in their relationships or would you not think so? I, I absolutely do because I, I think we live in a very busy world. We live in a very competitive world. And I think, um, you know, working at home together probably has been difficult for a lot of people. I think long commuting, if they're not working at home, has Mm. been difficult. I think we live in a world where people are paying huge rents or huge mortgages or they're saving. um, And that all exerts a huge pressure on a couple. And I think that it's very easy then for, you know, people to become self-important, to become self-centered, to think that their busyness, their um, contribution to the relationship is more. Um, and then, you know, that can come, you know, a little bit of jealousy, a little bit of um, gloating might appear in a little bit of victimhood as well, maybe where the person is thinking, oh, you know, mm. I'm so tired. Uh, you've taken time off. And we can, we can, you know, it, again, that's a division. And um, I think like competition, domination, destroy love. And we need to get back again to a place where we bring in a little bit of humility, a little bit of recognizing that, okay, that other person may not be as clever as me, even if they are my spouse, or they may not be, you know, have as much time as me, or they may not work as work hard as me, or they may um, not cook as well as I. But, you know, their contribution is equally valid and their ability is equally valid. And, you know, their job is equally valid. Um, and, you know, try not to measure up as much because difference is is, is what's beautiful most of the time. Mm, very interesting. And differing perspectives, absolutely, all the time. Um where do you think gratitude fits into marriage? I think it's, again, something that's practiced. I mean, it's very easy, you know, and maybe our default position as human beings, or maybe it's just me, um, is to be more glass half empty. And I think we have to kind of push ourselves beyond that and push the glass is, you know, half full or even full. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that manifests itself usually at home um, because we can be very good outside and maybe not as good at home. And, you know, again, we need to be grateful for our marriage, grateful for our spouse, grateful. And even, you know, just things like I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful that I have food in my fridge. I'm grateful that, you know, um, the kids are healthy. I'm grateful that my spouse is healthy. I'm grateful that I opened my eyes this morning, all the small things. Um, and I think that changes our demeanor from one of negativity to one of positivity. And it's a lot easier to live with somebody who's positive. Um, and it also means that if somebody's having a bad day, that instantly you can um, 
you know, bring the positive to that situation because you can remind them, do you know what? You got up this morning, you, uh, you know, you had a roof over your head, you had shelter, um, you know, all of those things. You have people who, uh, who love you, surrounding you, uh, whatever it is, you know, everyone has, no matter what our situations are, I think everyone has huge positives and huge blessings. Uh, and, you know, just to, to remember that because um, life is too short not to remember that hmm. each day. As you say, and sometimes we can, we need people around us who help us to be positive, you know. Um, and in a funny kind of way, maybe it's holding ourselves accountable because we are very lucky, you know. Okay, you know, you often think, I suppose, the children in Afghanistan and all these, you know, very tough situations. And obviously, other people have tough situations too. Can I ask you about um, the bad stuff now that we're talking about it? You know, yes. so when the bad stuff starts to happen, that sounds awful. It sounds like as if it's definitely going to happen. But the more challenging things, which are normal, well, they're part of life, you know, illness, financial worry, kids, and difficulties, you know. How do we, how do we, you know, take what you've talked about there in you know, the letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians? It does remind us actually that that's when we need to love, but how can we kind of pull ourselves up and see that as part of the course as opposed to a problem or a roadblock or a reason to maybe bail out of a relationship? Um, well, I, I think the idea that St. Paul had was that love endures all things. Now, that sounds, you know, very idyllic, but it's not. And, and again, it's down to the effort. It's not that love endures all things and it's easy. It's love endures all things and it's hard. Um, none of us can know what twists and turns our lives take. None of us can know what is around the corner. Um, we all know that, you know, in this world there is suffering and there is a lot of suffering and we are going to meet, meet it whether we are single or married. Um, and as a couple, what you hope to do is you hope to meet it together. Um, and it's, it's in those times, I think that, you know, they say that, you know, who your friends are when you're in trouble and it, it's very true. And it's equally true of your spouse. Um, you know, that if, if somebody, and even as a couple, if you're going through something very, very difficult, it does require a lot of understanding. It does require a lot of patience. It does require a lot of kindness to get through those times together. And when you do, um, it actually, the love can grow in those situations um, very beautifully. Um, you know, it can be divisive if the couple don't pull together, but if, if they do pull together and if they bring understanding um, and friendship and love to the situation, um, a, a, I suppose a, a real formative bond can form in the couple where they remember back to the time when they were really struggling and their spouse was mm. there for them or they were really struggling together and their spouse was there for them. And I think that actually can really cement a marriage and a relationship uh, that even if it goes through tough times again, you remember, oh, you know, when I was in trouble, he was there for me. Or when I was at my lowest ebb, you know, he stood beside me. Um, I think that's that's really important um, mm -hmm. and not always easy, but really important for a couple to be able to. And again, it, it's again bringing the virtues to it. I mean, it requires fortitude. It requires staying power. And again, you know, you could be preparing for that your whole life, you know, in how you, you know, you grew up, how you dealt with bullying in the playground, how you, you know, dealt with all the hardships you've met along the way. It, it's character building and mm -hmm. it's, it's no less so in a marriage. Mm -hmm. And Maria, um, you know, sometimes you might hear couples say, well, you know, oftentimes people commenting rather on couples, let's put it this way. Um, I might say, well, she's a real goer, you know, she's and oh, she could have done a lot better. 
than himself, you know, this kind of comment. Um, and, and it makes me wonder sometimes, because sometimes you do see couples where somebody's the real extrovert and the choleric, if you want to put it that way, and the other person is calm or phlegmatic. But it, it works because if you're two cholerics, they probably kill each other. Um, whereas the choleric needs somebody to care for them. And sometimes it's how we value certain virtues. Would you like? I get the sense sometimes the virtues we value in our society is the go-getter, the you know, etc. Whereas sometimes we don't value the one who's 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 at, who's present, the one who's who's kind, who's a peacemaker, who's who just keeps things going. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Is it more challenging um, for people to value I, I've, those I've, virtues? I have two things uh, that come to mind on that. The first is that. When you go into marriage, I don't think anyone should go into it blindly or um, just on emotions. You know, I love this person, you know, in, in that kind of way. I think you also need to use your head and realize, you know, and, and prepare in a very steady, firm way, because that's what marriage is. It's, it's a big decision. And it's realizing, OK, you know, what do we have in common? You know, what what is you know, what does this person want out of life? What do they want in terms of children? What do they want in terms of career? You know, are they prepared to make sacrifices? Am I prepared to make sacrifices? Because, you know, ultimately these are the things that, you know, cause division down the road. So I, I think we do need to use our heads a lot, um, you know, when, when we go into marriage. But I, I also think that um, spouses, again, need to appreciate each other and beyond what is on Facebook. I mean, it's great to have a beautiful bride and uh, she's looking fabulous and or great to have a husband and he's looking fabulous and the two of you are looking fabulous together. But it's, 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 it's not that. It's the silent stuff. It's the at-home stuff, as you said, the, the peacekeeping. Um, who's going to take the step back so the other can take the step forward at times? Um, and maybe you'll share that. But again, somebody will have to come home from work early on occasion because the washing machine needs fixing or, you know, it's the pulling together. And I think as a couple, again, each party needs to, you know, bring a, a gratitude with them so that they actually see these things in the other person and continue to appreciate them mm. so that, you know, to avoid division and conflict. And so that both parties, even if they do take a step back, that that is appreciated. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and valued. Can I... Um... In, can I ask you on another note, um, in the Catholic tradition, marriage is, is of course, a sacrament. Um, it's a religious feast, you know, it's it's one of those special helps from God we get because it's a big, a special moment, a unique relationship, as it were. So God blesses it and gives it a very particular grace, a sacramental grace. Is that an important source of strength for couples, do you think? Or could it be a greater source of strength? I, I think it's huge because... Um, if what I'm saying has, you know, has, has any point, you know, growing in the, the human virtues is really important, you know, to make yourself um, or to help yourself be a better friend, to be a better spouse. Then if you bring the theological virtues, you know, which are faith, hope and charity into that, well, then it's, it's, it's something spectacular altogether because you are inviting God um, into the marriage and asking him to bless it. And so it's at a whole new level um entirely um you know the 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 ideal of you know the man and wife together and love and unity is very much a mirror image of of god and his love for us and you know us made in his image and likeness and i think once that comes into a marriage it can be spectacularly beautiful because it's imbued with um all the graces of the sacrament itself mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, interesting 
It's fascinating, actually, when you think about it. Um, and it is lovely. I don't know. I certainly notice it um, with older couples, happy marriages, um, that they they grow into each other and they almost become very like each other. Um, it's a beautiful thing, actually. I was at a, a funeral there during the week and the couple who married together for 63 years. It's just incredible. It, uh, it, it is incredible. Oh, and I suppose my own parents incredible. were married for 50 years. Yeah. And... You know, it was such a, you know, Sheila and Billy, it was almost, it rolled off the tongue, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and it's so strange now that it, it's just Sheila. It, mm. You know, it's really like part of her is even, you know, gone. And, and she feels that too. Um, so it, there's huge unity in a, in a good marriage, huge unity. I mean, one can finish the other person's sentences and, mm. you know, or even in a, in a funny way. Um, mm. it, it's an extraordinary gift. Extraordinary. It's a huge gift to marriage. Maria, is there anything else you'd like to add or any question that I haven't asked that should have been asked? Um, I I really don't think so. I I think, I suppose, if I was to finish on a point, I probably would say that, um, you know, that in trying to prepare for marriage, in remaining happily married, I suppose where I'm coming from is if we grow in virtue, then we will be in a better position. We will become a better person, I suppose. And isn't it lovely to give the best of ourselves to those we love. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think that is where I would leave people. That's a beautiful, beautiful ending comment. That's super, Maria. Thank you so much for joining us on our guest podcast series this week. Um, we will, of course, listeners have a list of resources that you can dig into yourselves after having listened to this podcast. They'll be at the end of the description of the podcast as usual. And of course, we are always delighted to hear from you if you have any other topics of interest that you would like us to discuss in our podcast series. Thank you very much. Thank you.